Today marks the one-year anniversary of the signing of the Abraham Accords at the White House. Are the Abraham Accords the confirmation of the covenant prophesied to start the final seven years? Are they prophetic at all? Well, we will answer these questions and others on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. One year ago, on August 13th, 2020, Israel, the United Arab Emirates, and the United States announced normalization agreements between the Jewish state, the UAE, and Bahrain. And then one month later, on September 15th, Representatives of the four countries signed the Abraham Accords at the White House. I mean, many of you saw it and we were talking about it and it was just a, it's a huge thing. It's, it's a, um, one of the greatest breakthroughs in the Middle East in what, 25 plus years. Newsweek stated that because of the Abraham Accords that they they prove that the road to peace is not through Palestinian extremists in Ramallah or Gaza City, but that for decades, activists called to appease the Palestinians, no matter how outrageous their demands and no matter how violent their tactics, the Abraham Accords bypassed Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of the Palestinian Authority, and his, the, the oppressive Palestinian Authority, I should say, and Hamas bypassed their, this murderous dictatorship. And in, instead of giving Palestinian rejectionists veto power over the Middle East peace process, the Accords, the Abraham Accords, suggest that true peace will come as Israel joins more and more peace agreements and Palestinian leaders start to compromise. So there are those that believe the Abraham Accords will lead to an eventual agreement between Israelis and the Palestinians. Now Forbes reported that, they run an article, it said what Israel, the Israel-Palestinian conflict does and doesn't, and what does that mean for the Abraham Accords. Well, Arab signatories as um, something that would instantly solve the uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, they don't see it as that. Nor for that matter, are they mainly, the, the Abraham Accords, are they mainly about the Palestinians, although their signature had strong implications for the Palestinian-Israeli peace process. What the Abraham Accords represent is really a, a sea change. If you understand the, 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 the geopolitical and religious situation in the Middle East for the last several decades, 
The Abraham Accords represent a, a really a sea change in thinking about this regional conflict resolution and integrated developments. And with respect to the Palestinians, the stated hope was that prioritizing issues of this joint Israeli-Arab concern might help to rewrite perceptions of this Israeli-Palestinian conflict and expand the views of what was possible. Because a lot of people just, you know, there have been many peace efforts between the Israelis, Palestinians, that the Palestinians, if they didn't like it, they just got up and walked away from the table. They had absolute veto power over it because of the Arab Peace Initiative and different things. They just get up and walk away and there's nothing really that anybody can do. The peace talks would just fall and go away. But that has all really kind of been, they did a, a, a bypass around that. And they're saying that eventually this could lead to the Israelis and Palestinians signing a peace deal. Well, we know, prophetically speaking, that there will be an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement in the near future. But this really, it, it inverts or it reverses the dominant international approach to the Arab-Israeli peace over the last 30 years, which made Arab acceptance of Israel only contingent on its reaching a comprehensive land for peace deal with the Palestinians. The Abraham Accords does a walk around that. Now, we know in the very near future, and I'll get into some of this prophetically in a moment, but there will be an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, and it appears that there will be a two-state solution created. But for years, again, the veto power kept the, it gave the, the Palestinians veto power and said, well, hey, we don't like what we're hearing. We'll just walk away. But there are hopes that if enough Arab nations would normalize relationships with Israel, that it would bring eventually almost force the Palestinians to come in for an agreement. Now, that's what a lot of people are talking about. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Well, new strategies for resolving this long-standing conflicts don't typically emerge from executive decisions. They are rooted in changing uh, public attitudes, major economic, military, or demographic shifts, or really a mixture of all of those. And a number of polls, including these, suggest a um, really a, a discontinuity. Uh, young, younger Arabs outside of Israel. In other words, the times are changing. There are younger Israelis, younger Palestinians coming up that do not hold such a, 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 a fundamentalist stance or this dogmatic stance on some of the old ways and some of the way the old rabbis and the, the very religious sect in Israel and Arab, uh, the Arab nations, the Palestinians, the younger generation don't see it like that. And so these younger Arabs outside of Israel and the Palestine, while they remain sympathetic to the Palestinian cause, they are really breaking with older generations in terms of the centrality of the Palestinian conflict. And for this demographic, charting a course out of the economic stagnation and war is the priority. That's a very important statement. They're not necessarily so concerned with Israel and the, the two-state solution and recognizing Israel's right to exist. 
the younger generation is looking more at coming out of this economic um, third world country almost and war. And they say that that's the priority. So these same polls indicate that Arabs might tolerate or even welcome bilateral Arab-Israeli normalizations. I'm talking about the younger generation, provided that they result in tangible welfare gains for the Palestinians. So this Israeli-Palestinian situation, it is on the move. And it's the younger generations, perhaps these will be the one that sign the agreements that start the final seven years. This is something that we'll have to watch play out, but the Abraham Accords could be aiding in all of this. We'll get into it when we get back. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and end of the age plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. The seven vials are coming in the form of sores, darkness, great hail, people being scorched with immense heat, and more. Bible prophecy shows us that each of these judgments will be far worse than anything imaginable. The good news is there is hope. In our brand new video, learn how to be immune from these gruesome judgments and have peace in the end time. This month only, get our new DVD, The Seven Vials, with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call us at 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. This offer is only valid through the end of the month. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call 800-END-TIME. So we're going to get way off into this Abraham Accords in just a moment because they're not going to go away. Even the Biden administration supports what's going on in the Middle East, which is surprising since when he came into office, he pretty much just wanted to erase everything President Trump had done over the last four years. But he's still on board with these with the Abraham Accords. So we'll talk about it here in just a moment. But um, just before that, this weekend... My wife and I will be in Princeton, Kentucky. We'll be at the Faith Apostolic Church, 500 Faith Avenue in Princeton. And Saturday evening, September 18th at 6 p.m., I'll be teaching the big timeline, the future according to Bible prophecy. There's nothing like hearing it in person. It's a wonderful time. I can go into a lot more detail. And then Sunday morning, part two of that lesson, uh, at September 19th, 10 a.m., 
breaking prophetic fulfillments. There's, a, there's so much going on in the world, and I can cover a lot of that uh, in a um, conference situation, a setting like that. And then we'll do the Q&A after that. So it's always a great time. And so if you're anywhere, again, I think this will be the last time I'm traveling on Friday. This may be the last time I'm on the radio this week. And so if you are in western Kentucky, western Tennessee, or um, even in eastern Arkansas, uh, look forward to seeing many of you in Princeton, Kentucky. I think it's a pretty small town, but it's kind of unique because I've been into small towns before and the church is packed out. And it's really kind of a, it's a fun situation. So look forward to seeing you guys in Princeton, Kentucky this weekend. Uh, Looking forward to a great conference. Now, in, back in 2020, the Netanyahu government, they really was egged on by President Trump, who in 2018 burst another longstanding taboo by moving the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. The Netanyahu administration announced that it would soon annex sections of the Palestinian territory. Well, obviously this was a a, a ludicrous scene uh, setter for the promised New Middle East. But it helped to create the equivalent of what would be, let's say, a, a gravitational slingshot. Because the United Arab Emirates warned Israel of the broader regional consequences of pursuing annexation of the West Bank. And then later agreed to normalize the relations. They, the, the UAE actually said, hey, if, you'll ta- if you will shelve the um, annexation of the West Bank, mo- major portions of that, we will normalize relations with Israel. So in exchange for Israel's taking the annexation off the table, that's what happened. Normalization. It was, it was just unprecedented. So, while again the Abraham Accords, were, they were not primarily about the Palestinians, their success is pegged to a meta-argument that a break with the past orthodoxy can deliver relief from the suffering while the parties try to find a workable deal. And over the last weeks, the the government of Israel's politically and and legally embattled Prime Minister Netanyahu, he once again turned to provocations to try to prolong its mandate. Now, obviously, they have a new government now. There's a whole different situation. But the Hamas leadership in Gaza, at that point, they took the bait. And they were firing missiles into Israel, the civilian populations in a bid to boost their own popularity. But everybody looked at Netanyahu. Would he secure another term on the back of missiles launched by Hamas? And this was all the situation that was leading up to these Abraham Accords. Or would evidence of manipulation benefit a a centrist coalition? And at that point, um, it was unclear. And it was interesting that the Arab-Israeli political party that may be key to that later outcome, of course, that we, that we are watching for, has offered its political support in exchange for an improvement of the living conditions of Arab Israelis. So there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes. Jared Kushner and different people, they were always talking about having behind-the-doors uh, behind meetings and things where they couldn't really talk about um, things that were happening out in public. The Arabs were putting on a front 
uh, with in front of the news and saying, well, no, we're just completely against this. But Jared Kushner was saying, hey, but behind the behind closed doors, they were much more willing to negotiate things. So I think that over the next few several years, right now we're one year from the Abraham Accords and a lot of things that were happening, these negotiations and the signing of these on the White House lawn. But I think that over time we're going to see the ramifications of more of what the impacts of the Abraham Accords. It, it is important to understand, though, what the Abraham Accords are not. And that is they are not a Palestinian-Israeli peace accord. I know when they were signed, uh, because of what we've taught for many years about the coming Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, that a lot of people said, well, here it is. This is the beginning of the final seven years. And believe me, we were, Irvin Baxter and I, we were watching it like a hawk daily, just reading everything we could get our hands on. People were sending us information. <clears throat> we had people in Israel sending us information. But having looked at it all, understanding the, the prophecies, the Abraham Accords are something that could lead to the eventual peace agreement that starts the final seven years. But the Abraham Accords is not it. So the Abraham Accords, they're not the Palestinian-Israeli peace accord. As much as what they are, an, an environment in which such an outcome may finally see the light of day, sure, they could lead to that, but that's not, they're not the agreement. Now, the prophesied agreement, I should say, that will help a lot of us out. So, the Abraham Accords, what are they? Well, so... I wanted to kind of help you with the question, are they the confirmation of the Abrahamic covenant? Because I've got some calls, uh, actually, over, the, over this last year, many emails, calls. Are they, are they the one? Uh, and the, the fact is, is that when we heard the name Abraham given to the peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, well, of course, we were immediately excited and we were asking, we, me, Irvin Baxter and I had many different discussions, our team here. Was this the confirmation of the covenant prophesied in Daniel 9.27? Well, the Abraham covenant, uh, the one that will be signed. 4,000 years ago, God entered into a covenant with Abraham. And the, this is a very pivotal event. It's recorded in Genesis 15 verse 18. Bible says, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. This was before his name was changed to Abraham. And he said, unto thy seed, Abram, have I given this land. From the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. So you understand right now, Israel only inhabits just a very small sliver of the original promised land that was promised by God to Abraham through his lineage of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the way till today. Now, there will come a time when Israel will inhabit all that land, but that's going to be in the millennial reign. At this point, no. Uh, the only time that Israel inhabited the entire promised land was during the reign of King David and Solomon. 
And so today, just, you know, I think what, what's Israel like 50, 55 miles wide at the widest point, maybe, maybe about 50 miles and 250 miles tall. It's just very small. You could set many, many Israels in the state of Texas. That's how small it is. So this covenant made by God with Abraham promised the land of Israel that it would belong to Abraham descendants forever. Because the Jews rejected Jesus when he came as their Messiah 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people were driven into exile from their promised land. This is history, everybody. This is the Bible, but this is also history. And they were driven into exile from the promised land by the Romans in 70 AD, scattered abroad. Their exile continued for almost 2,000 years until the rebirth of Israel in 1948. As God began to to reestablish the seed of Abraham in their promised land. Now, if you, the international community, they don't see it like that. They see um, that Israel should have just a very small portion, that the city of Jerusalem should be an international city under the control of the, of the international community, which means somebody doesn't, none of them understand the Bible. But, as God began to reestablish um, the seed of Abraham in their promised land, their surrounding Arab neighbors bitterly opposed their return to the land of Israel. Even though, if you look at the, the Middle East as a whole, and look at the, just a little sliver that Israel inhabits, it's almost laughable. But yet, many people in the international community believe that that little strip of land right there is the conflict, um, is the major conflict on the planet even. But mainly in the Middle East. So, finally in, what, 1979... Uh, Egypt, led by Anwar Sadat. They became the first Arab nation to sign a peace treaty with Israel. One year later, of course, some people didn't like that, so Sadat paid for it with his life um, when he was assassinated by militants who hated Israel. Well, then in 94, the country of Jordan signed a peace agreement with the the, uh, Jewish nation. And still... 20 Arab nations steadfastly refused to establish relations with Israel or to acknowledge her right to exist. Well, now you can tell how, um, what a a dynamic event and just like this unprecedented situation, um, one of the greatest accomplishments in the last 25 plus years in the Middle East, the Abraham Accords. So we're looking at it from prophecy perspective and saying, well, hey, um, we're looking at the Abrahamic covenant and then the Trump administration comes along and says, well, hey, this is the Abraham Accords. So man, our antennas went up. I mean, we were just riveted on this because I understand there's a prophecy coming, a peace agreement coming that will start the final seven years. Well, before his election... Donald Trump declared the number one goal of his presidency would be to achieve peace between Israel and her Arab neighbors. After three years of really just determined diplomacy, 
President Trump surprised the world by announcing a peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. A few days later, the country of Bahrain announced that they too would establish peace with Israel. So on September 15th, 2020, representatives from Israel, the United States, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, met in Washington, D.C., on the White House lawn, and they signed the Abraham Accords. Today, we celebrate the one-year anniversary of that. When the name of the agreement was announced, people with a, a knowledge of the Abrahamic covenant were amazed. Irvin Baxter was one. I was another one. We, we looked at each other and said, did you hear? I think I walked back to his office, if I'm not mistaken, and said, did you hear what they just named the this new peace accord. And of course he said, yeah, I'm I'm reading it right now. I mean, he had just read it. And I mean, we were just riveted on the situation. Well, we obviously considered, is this the Middle East peace that was prophesied? Well, it, it is prophesied in the Bible that a peace agreement will be signed between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Just seven years. Now, it does not say, you, you, you're not going to look in the Bible and it says the words, it's, there's a peace agreement going to be signed between the Israelis, Palestinians. You've got you've to understand the prophecy of Daniel's 70 weeks. Understand all the characteristics of the prophecy. Tie all the verses in together. The, you know, understand um, there are some people that believe the Battle of Armageddon and everything was fought back in 70 AD. And some of it goes back to this Daniel 70 weeks in Daniel 9, 27. I don't know how they get it from that. Because Jesus, when it talks about the abomination of desolation, because Jesus in Matthew 24, they told it, they said, um, tell us what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. Well, in Matthew 24, it's the Olivet Discourse. He's prophesying about events that would occur at the end of the age. And in, in verse, uh, so in Matthew 24, 15 through 21, he says, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, let them which be in Judea flee. Jesus prophesied that the abomination of desolation that was prophesied in Daniel 9, 27 would be an event that would occur at the end of the age. And then he said, when, in, in, when, it, when you see that event happen, let them which be in Judea flee. He was talking about the time we are living in. Well, where is Judea today? It's the modern day West Bank region. In, there's Israel proper, the West Bank. You can see where it, what it all is. And the West Bank is the area that Israel conquered during the Six Days War in 1967 when they drove Jordan back across the Jordan Valley. That big area, the West Bank region. That's what we're talking about here. Well, that's exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said, let them which be in Judea flee. And so it's talking about, well, who's fighting for that territory today? The Palestinians. We'll talk about it more when we get back. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. 
It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So Jesus said in Matthew 24, this is very key, and I want to I hit this before we leave this point. Jesus said, when you, that remember, he's, he's talking about events that would happen at the end of the age. In Matthew 24, 15, he said, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation occur, right there towards the end of the age, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, it's the same event. He said, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. I've had so many people say, well, nobody can understand these prophecies. This is all just gibberish. Nobody can understand this. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, when you see this, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. So if you understand the prophecy of Daniel 70 weeks, what all transpires all the way through that, and then the final seven-year period, which is just ahead of us now, when this peace agreement is signed between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And you say, well, I, it doesn't say, I, I've, I've actually heard people say, well, it doesn't say the word Palestinian there. The fact of the matter is, if you, this is why you've got to understand the geopolitical situation in the Middle East and what's going on in that region right there, the Israeli region, the, the, the West Bank region, which is what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus was telling us that there is, he said, there's going to be great tribulation such as never was before. It's never going to be again. So he was saying that there, the Jews, there would be Jews, the settlers, they would be living out there under a Jewish minority under the rule of the Palestinians. There, are, there is nobody else on the planet that is vying for that territory today. It's the Palestinians. Jesus knew what the situation would be. And if you understand, you know, history and that uh, the Jews went in there and they were fighting the Arabs that were there in, it, the, the land was called Palestinian, Palestine at that point. You understand the Jerusalem Post used to be called the Palestine Post. And so that's why they, you know, call themselves, hey, we're Palestinians. But there's never been a nation called Palestine. And so... 
That's the situation. That's boots on the ground. This is what this is right when Jesus is talking about here, right at the end of the age. It's the Palestinians. So there's going to be an agreement signed. The Bible says that the Antichrist, and I'll get to that in just a moment, Daniel 9:27, the Antichrist will confirm the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, confirming Israel's right to exist in the Middle East. That's what's going on here. Well, who do they need to confirm there? Who's the fight against right now? It's against the Palestinians. The international community, everybody recognizes that it's between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Everybody. And the European Union, everybody in the international community. So the fact of the matter is, is that you, we have to be able, you understand the importance of recognizing this peace agreement. Because even when they come along and say, hey, we're signing agreements with many Arab nations and we're going to call it the Abraham Accords. We've got to look at that and say, okay, how can we explain this um, and know that it's either the one that started the final seven years or that it's not the one? Because it's very important. End Time Ministries is going to be involved in a lot of stuff during that final seven year period. And so... It's very important that we can recognize these things. That's why we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's going to be between Israelis and the Palestinians, this coming peace agreement. Also, another thing that I want to make sure we understand, and I'm going to go back there because I, I want to make sure that you all get this. If you go to Daniel 9.27, there's some misconception going on right now that the... You know, people trying to figure out who the he is. The Bible says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. So who, what does the he do here? The Bible says that um, the he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Who does that? Well, the Bible tells us who does that. If you go over to Daniel chapter 11, verse 20 on, through the bottom of the chapter, it tells us that the Antichrist will cause the sacrifices to cease. The Bible says that he shall confirm the covenant with many. In Daniel 11, the Bible calls the Antichrist the prince of the covenant. And the Bible says also, and for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. It's the abomination of desolation. So that's the Antichrist. So the prophecy states the Antichrist will confirm the Abrahamic covenant with many for a seven-year period. And he will also cause the sacrifices to cease, the Antichrist, and the Antichrist will cause the abomination of desolation, which in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 it tells us that the, this is verses, what, three and four, that the man of sin, the son of perdition, he is revealed at that time when he sits in the temple of God, show, exalting, him, exalting himself above all that is called God and claiming to be God. So we know that it's the, the he in Daniel 9, 27 is the Antichrist. Okay? Very important. A lot of stuff out there on the internet, but I want you to understand what scripture is saying here. The Bible, Daniel 11, specifically tells us who is the he in Daniel 9.27. Now, the Antichrist will confirm the Abrahamic covenant with many for a seven-year period. Remember, 
the covenant God made with Abraham decreed that Abraham's seed would dwell in the land of Israel. The Abraham Accord that was signed by Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates, it does acknowledge, um, it, it acknowledges Israel has a right to exist in the land given to them by the Abrahamic covenant. So that's why, every, you know, I had people calling saying, well, this is it. It's, there's many characteristics, and I'll get to that in just a moment. So we had to ask the question, right? I mean, was the signing of the Abraham Accords the confirmation of the covenant that marked the beginning of the final seven years? Well, that's the big question. Have the final seven years begin? Well, the answer to this important question is no. The signing of the peace agreement by Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates and the, the rest of them that happened on September 14th, or September 15th of last year, that was not the completion of the Abrahamic covenant and the Abraham Accords even. It's not the completion. They want to have all the Arab nations, um, or, or I should say um, the, the, most of the Arab nations in the Middle East. You notice in the prophecy, the Antichrist will come through the covenant with many. I mean, after the accords were signed on September 15th, um, last year, President Trump said that there are many other nations, Arab nations, that were now anxious to sign on to the Abraham Accords. And they still say that. So this is expected to happen, you know, over the next, what, year or two, maybe. There, there are a lot of people are projecting these things. But the most important signatory of all will be, of course, to these accords will be when the Palestinians comes on board and signs it. Now, so this will be very important. Along with the confirmation of the covenant, the completion of the Abraham Accords, and let's say the Abrahamic covenant, it has to contain five specific elements. That's why when somebody asks you about this, this should just roll off your tongue. You've got to understand this. <clears throat> because it helps you to understand what is the peace agreement that I'm watching for to start the final seven years. Number one, the Palestinians must, they must be included in the peace agreement. Okay? Jesus was, why? A Palestinian homeland has to be created in Judea or the modern day West Bank. Chinese is, the China is not vying for that land. Russia is not vying for that land. It's going to be the Palestinians. Number three, the, the, um, the Jews living in Judea, they're going to be allowed to remain there, living in the midst of the Palestinians. The, the Abraham Accords. Now, see, the Abraham Accords do not allow for that at all. The, the Temple Mount will be placed under a sharing arrangement so that all religions can worship there. The Abraham Accords, they say nothing about that. The um, Jerusalem is going to remain un- undivided until um, under Israeli control, all the way to the Battle of Armageddon. And the Abraham Accords, they have nothing to do with that. There's going to be a, te- a temple, a third temple built on the Temple Mount as a result of the eventual peace agreement. That ha- the Abraham Accords has nothing to do with that. However, if you understand that the veto from the Palestinians has been taken away and a lot of different things, especially imagine if the, let's say of the, of the 20 nations, now there's four, imagine if there were, let's say, 
all but four. And Saudi Arabia, let's say many of those nations signed on to this. Can you imagine the immense pressure that would be put on the Palestinians to sign an agreement with a normalization with Israel? There would be immense pressure put on them. And in the near future, now you say, I, you, well, hey, you got it all planned out. No, I don't. I don't know for specifically how it's all going to come down. I really do not. I know I'm watching the news and following everything, and I know what it looks like is going to happen, but this could change tomorrow. We could start World War III. I mean, anything can happen. But one thing I do know, once the Palestinians become part of the peace agreement containing the provisions that I just listed, the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon will begin. That's what we're watching for, folks. I mean... You know, I don't care if they call it the Abrahamic covenant. If it does not have those characteristics with it, then that's not the one. It's the, because I, we know what the prophecies say, how it's all laid out, all the characteristics of the peace agreement. That's what's going to let us know which one starts the final seven years. So you say, well, okay, um, they started the, they signed the Abraham peace accords. Um, and are the Abraham Accords, and if that's the one that eventually leads to the Palestinians um, getting on board, you know, where's the Antichrist? Well, obviously the Bible says the Antichrist doesn't have, you know, he, wa- he doesn't have to be involved in the Abraham Accords. He will be involved in the Abrahamic covenant that starts the final seven years. And so you got to make sure you got all this figured out. The Abraham Accords different than the Abrahamic agreement that starts the final seven years. But the Abraham Accords could help aid in that, okay? That's why I wanted to spend a little time here and kind of separate that out a little bit. Um, Because a lot of people at that time were calling Donald Trump. He's the Antichrist. He's got to be, you know. And I had to explain this over and over. And I wanted to make sure you get it again today at the one-year anniversary of all this. So if the he... That is to confirm the covenant is the Antichrist. Then where's the Antichrist in that in the, the, the present peace processes? I mean, you know, um, because they're talking about, there are people that are talking about reviving the peace agreement. Will we know the Antichrist? No, we won't. I mean, so look at it like this. Since President Trump was the driving force behind the Abraham Accords, obviously many speculated that he was the Antichrist. But if you don't know the prophecies of the Bible, then you would never know, right? Donald Trump, nobody from the United States could be the Antichrist. That's not possible because we can prove scripturally the Antichrist must come out of Europe. So how does the Antichrist emerge? Well, that's a that's a um, that's an easy question to answer. I, now I've got five seconds. Let's, let's talk about it on the other side of the break. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. 
Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with Endtime to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-ENDTIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So the the Abraham Accords was with Donald Trump, Netanyahu, uh, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain. How does the Antichrist emerge out of all that? Because the Antichrist is not coming from any of those countries. The Antichrist comes. I can prove prophetically that the Antichrist comes from the current European Union, the revived Holy Roman Empire. So how does he come on the scene? How can we get the European Union, and different people involved in this. Well, we know that the Palestinians coming to the peace table is a necessary development before the final agreement can be signed and the final seven years begins, right? I just proved that uh, scripturally. Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of the Palestinian Authority, wants a final peace negotiation to be led by the international community. He said it over and over because... He felt like President Trump, and it still plays into what's going on today, he felt like President Trump betrayed him when he recognized, when President Trump recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital, and he moved the American embassy to Jerusalem. Now, I think Mahmoud Abbas is more favorable to President Biden because President Biden is starting to give them money and different things, you know, so kind of uh, uh, bridging uh, uh, the gap there. But, uh, you know, um, but he specifically, Mahmoud Abbas has specifically called for negotiations to be led by the Middle East Quartet. Now, this is back under the Trump administration. The Middle East Quartet was formed back in, oh man, uh, 2002 in an attempt to reach a Middle East peace agreement. Um, the quartet made up of the United Nations, the European Union, Russia, and the United States. If this proposal were to develop the possibility of the Antichrist playing a role in the final agreement escalates greatly, right? Because of the European Union, the Antichrist would be part of that. Well, the Jerusalem Post back on uh, September 1, they ran an article Palestinian Authority, Egypt, and Jordan, they had a summit to discuss peace talks with Israel. The Palestinian Authority, uh, President Mahmoud Abbas, recently arrived in Cairo. This would have been, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago, where he was scheduled to meet with Egyptian President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, Jordan's King Abdullah, um, to discuss ways to internationalize talks toward a two-state solution. The Abbas Sisi Abdullah Summit was an effort to unify the Palestinian Egyptian Jordanian position in order to follow up on the political activities at the international level 
and seek to revive the peace process with Israel. So in the article, it states this. Abbas wants an international, uh, internationalized peace process in which the United States is not the main broker. Ahmed indicated that the, the Palestinian Authority leadership was seeking the backing of Egypt and Jordan for relaunching a peace process with Israel under the umbrella of the United Nations and the participation of the quartet members, the United States, UN, um, Russia, and the European Union. So if that were to happen, now you've got the potential for the Antichrist to be on board, right? So even though the Abraham Accords has been signed, and they're normalizing relations with different Arab nations, not the Palestinian-Israeli uh, peace agreement yet, but if they could get the international community involved, then that brings in Russia, Europe, the United Nations. Hey, you've got a, um, the platform for the Antichrist to come on the scene. According to Bible prophecy, we do know that agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians is going to happen soon. And knowing that, the Antichrist cannot be far behind, right? So, preparing for the final seven years. The prophesied final seven years is going to contain more prophetic fulfillment than any other seven-year period since the world began. I mean, so many things. At the, at the, uh, the beginning, the final set, the uh, peace agreement, and then um, many things happened three and a half years through simultaneously. Many prophes- prophecies, many prophecies right there at the end. So except for the ministry of Jesus Christ, this final seven-year period will contain more prophecy than any time in history. During the first three and a half years, Israel's going to build her third temple uh, on the Temple Mount. When the temple's completed, animal sacrifice is going to be resumed. Soon after that, the Antichrist is going to order the sacrifices stopped. All of this is prophetic. And he's going to claim to be Messiah and God. And that event is called the Abomination of Desolation. That's going to trigger the final three and one half years called the Great Tribulation. Now, I'm skipping all kinds of prophecies uh, for the sake of time here. But you guys, uh, if I was to sit here and go through a timeline, I could take you through all of that. During the Great Tribulation period, God's going to send his two witnesses, the final three and one half years. And those two witnesses, will they're going to be great preachers. They're going to preach all during the final three and one half years. In spite of the Great Tribulation, the two witnesses are going to lead the time of, a great time of revival. Revelation 7-4 prophesies... Um, a great Jewish revival of 144,000, a remnant of Jews that will be saved during that time. Revelation 7, 9 through 14 foretells a great Gentile revival. And the early church revival was composed of Jews and Gentiles together, right? I mean, you've got the apostles and then you've got the book of Romans, let's say. Jews and Gentiles together. The, the house of Cornelius. I mean, we can go through all of that. But the, the apostle Peter was the apostle to the Jews. The apostle Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, remember? According to Revelation 7, another Jewish Gentile revival is going to happen one more time. Again, the 144,000, the remnant of Jews. And then the John in Revelation 7, 9 
said, I looked and behold, a multitude in heaven that no man could number out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation, not just Jews. This is during the final three and one half years, folks. The elder told John or asked John, hey, John, who are these people? Where'd they come from? John said, I don't know. You know. And the elder said, these are they that came out of great tribulation, a multitude no man could number. Folks, the greatest time of revival the world's ever known is ahead of us. End Time Ministries is sowing the seeds to this great harvest that will come in the future. The greatest time of revival the world has ever known. Yes, the New Testament was a great time of revival. There were 3,000 souls uh, saved in one day. 5,000 at another meeting. But in the future, John said, I saw a multitude out of the great tribulation. No man could number. So what should each of us be doing as a result of this? Daniel eleven thirty two and 33. You know, so, hey, do, what do we do? Go f- hide in a foxhole? Do we, um, I know people that in uh, Y2K, um, they were scared to death, scared out of their mind. And they were, and, and I, I know people that bought property in Colorado, a big flat area up on a, uh, near a, one of the mountains up there. And they started pulling in trailers and were selling plots to people. And they had all these, they, get, they were getting generators. They were doing all kinds of stuff because of Y2K. And it, my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, he did the, all the research. And he called um, some of the main electrical companies in the United States. He called um, because they were saying, hey, the lights are going to shut off. Well, you know, it's going to be off. We're going back into the dark ages and a lot of different things. He called the main electrical companies in the United States and they said, um, no, we've got diesel generators. If we go down, we can have us back up just in a a matter of hours or maybe at the worst case scenario, days. And a lot of people are saying, well, hey, the trains don't have any manual overrides. They're going to run off the tracks and all this was going to happen Y2K, the year 2000, when we rolled over on New Year's. People were flipping out. You got to replace all your computers and all this other stuff. And we had friends that just wigged out over that. Irvin Baxter did the research and found out simply not the case, not going to happen. So we started writing magazine articles. Now, this was prior to me even coming to End Time. Irvin Baxter started writing magazine articles in End Time magazine, said it's not going to happen. And he gave, he actually published the interviews with the people uh, that he talked to, this, uh, these uh, huge electrical companies. He talked to the managers of the electrical companies. I'm talking about big electrical companies. Um, and I think one was New York. I mean, big ones. And then he, talked, he published the interviews uh, from the train, the people that manage the trains um, in the United States. And they were saying, no, we've got manual overrides for all of the train, uh, these little... Uh, switching stations and stuff. We've got manual overrides for that. Everything's going to be fine. And so he said, it's not going to happen. But we had people running for the hills. <laughs> uh, some of you may know somebody who did that. But Daniel eleven thirty two thirty three 33 tells us that's not what's going to happen in the end time. It says that we, what we're, what we're going to be doing in the times just ahead, the Bible says, and such as do wickedly do uh, against the covenant Shall he, the Antichrist, corrupt by flatteries? Yeah, there will be some deceived by the Antichrist. 
But the Bible says, this would be uh, Daniel eleven thirty two. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They're not going to be hiding in a cave somewhere. They that un- and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So the, the end time church is not going to be weak, anemic, hiding in a cave. And, um, you know, in the, this end time church, in the times just ahead, no. That's not, the, that's not the end time church. I'm not going to sit back and let the two witnesses do it all. No. So this prophecy given in Daniel tells us that God's people during the final seven years is going to be strong and do exploits. And then the prophecy goes on to say that they that understand among, among the people will instruct many. Do you understand what God has planned for the times just ahead to instruct many? If not, you need to start preparing immediately for that. Uh, it, the, the End Time Jerusalem Prophecy College, online, that's the fastest way to get you up to speed. Um, go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com, enroll, and start. It's, it, you know, hurry. Uh, you, you need to get that done like ASAP. We're running out of time. And, you know, when, this, when the Abrahamic covenant is signed between the Israelis and the Palestinians... When they reach that agreement, we will have started the final seven years, folks. And, all, and we have all those characteristics. When I can come on the radio and say, look, and believe me, we'll be following it very close. I, we, I've got people in Israel that's helping me. We'll be following it very, very closely. I'll be able to come on the radio at that point, whenever it happens, and say, look, we just started the final seven years. The Abraham Accords were not there yet. They, that, that's not even dealing with Israel and the Palestinians. So I wanted to kind of come to you today at the one year anniversary. Make sure you understand this, where we're at, what's going on, prophetically speaking. Uh, we, are we in the end time? Oh, yeah, that's easily proven. But we have not started the final seven years yet to the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon. That will be a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And so we want to make sure that you can recognize that so that way when that time comes, the church is going to go into full evangelism mode at some point. We're not there yet, but we're approaching that very, very quickly. And we will have the greatest revival the world's ever known. Man, I can't wait till that. Can you? God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.